0: And um, my name is uh, Joe Galliota, alias uh, A.K.A. Papa Joe, oh, no. and this is Wendy. Hi, I'm Kevin. Wendy. Wendy I'm so
1: glad you guys are here. We're all going to be talking this hour, so we'll all get to know each other.
0: Okay. So we thought we would start with a song, okay? Oh, since we're talking about music and
2: yeah. and, and
0: God too, so we're going to pick. We're going to sing "Si Uh So why don't you stand up? <laughs> And Pocotela um, um, is clapping. One of, these, one of these days when Jesus comes back, I will clap for him. I will walk for him. I will dance for him. I will sing for him.
2: Okay, that's
0: the meaning for the song. Um, so the first one, that clapping goes like on top and then on bottom. So it's one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. So high and low. Good. then when we walk, we're walking like opposite hand, opposite foot. Like one, two, one, two, one, two, one. Cool. Feeling good? Feeling good. All All right. And then dancing is going to be like this. It's going to be one, two, three. And then you kick your left knee over to the other side. So just we'll start you guys go this way and I'll go that way too. Okay, so you we'll mirror each other. So it's one, two, three. Kick. One, two, three. Kick. One, two, three. Kick. One, two, three. Kick. One. Alright, get your knee up. Come on. Let me see that knee. Don't be lazy. Uh-huh. Hurry
2: up. Your knee, get the knee up. Get the knee up.
0: Yeah, this is this is African dancing, everyone. Okay, and when the knee goes over, your elbow is helping it. And then this way.
3: Try not to hit the person next to <laughs> yeah, yeah. you. Yeah. your your work.
0: Okay, ready? Let's try it. Ready, go. And one, two, three. One, two, three. Hop. One, two, three. Hop. One, two, three. Hop. One, two, three, hop. Okay, you're going to go that way when we go that way. <laughs> then we gotta call
2: 911.
0: <laughs> Ready, right, let's try. Let's go that way first. Ready, go. And one, two, three. Kick. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two,
2: three.
0: Okay, that's wonderful. All right, so I'll do a little drumming. And you guys can do the singing. And I'll sing too. <clears throat>
2: See
0: okay, so here's the beat. Second note is the downbeat. Okay, here we go. You won't clap yet, though.
1: at Artists in the Fellowship, how you feel about the intersection of how your skill and your spirituality meet together. That's kind of the plan for the hour.
0: Great. So our title is um, Thriving Musicianship, and I have four short points, Um, and you don't have to take notes. If you want to take my email down later, um, actually I'll give you that right now. It's JAG Drums, J-A-G Drums, those are my initials at comcast.net J-A-G Drums at comcast.net so this way you can just kind of think and focus and and my my presentation, my part of the presentation has two points one like the spiritual aspect stuff that I learned to keep me going uh, through my walk with God and also what has helped me to become uh, the musician that I am today and, and how to better myself as a musician. Okay? So, like, they're going to each point has um, a few of those things. The first um, slide, uh, point one is called Sankofa. Can we say Sankofa? Sankofa. sankofa. Yeah, Sankofa. Um, a Sankofa is an deep part of an adink- a system from Ghana that are called adinkra symbols. They help mold and shape the fabric of this society, which is really cool, because um, through these symbols, and like I have an, a, an adinkra symbol on my arm here, and on my drum, there's some adinkra symbols, and you could have them on your clothes, you could have them on your walls and stuff like that. And they they help us to learn things. And this one is called Sankofa. It's an Akana Dinkra symbol, like I just said. And the meaning is a bird with its head turned backwards, taking an egg off its back. It symbolizes um, taking from the past what is good and bringing it into the future, into the present, in order to make positive progress through the benevolent use of knowledge. And I boiled all that down, and that's remember your roots. This is a very famous one with a bird looking back, thinking about the egg and where he came from,
2: basically.
0: My first point is remember your roots. Okay, The first one, um, remember your first love. Um, And then in Revelation 2, chapter 2, Um, John is basically telling the the church from Ephesus, you know, they did some good things, and they they were bold, they didn't tolerate sin and all that. But then he's basically saying, hey, you forgot your first love. See? So as a Christian, it's important to remember when, not so much where you came from, like in the world, but how you fell in love with God remember how you fell in love with God remind yourself from time to time to think that way um, and then in as, as far and then I, I wrote down remember when you fell in love in you fell in love uh, with music or your instrument okay um, remember where you came from like remember how you first, fell in love with, like, Do you You probably remember, I remember, my dad used to have a, a an old record player and brought 45s home, and I used to sneak them in the closet and listen when I was real young. Okay, so I'm going to basically just talk for two or three minutes uh, about my story. I, I grew up um, loving music and drumming in the house and Mess, messing around on all the furniture and my dad was like okay we got to get this guy some lessons because we're you know we got to we denting up all the furniture and stuff so I, I i i i started taking lessons and i said dad can i take lessons and he said okay but you have to pay for the lessons so i was i was um nine years old and i said okay great i'll get a job so i got a job um as uh, delivering newspapers. and that thing changed my life. That whole experience, first of all, I made money and I paid for my lessons uh, four dollars a week for my private lessons. <laughs> I also learned about God, because I got up at 4:30 every morning and um, <clears throat> delivered um, newspapers before school. For about an hour, I got to see the sunrise every morning. I was up with the birds. I I heard all these birds singing every morning, and then freezing cold, and the rain, and the snow, and and then I got to know people. I got to learn about money. I got to learn about people's personalities because I had to collect, go around to each house at the end of the week to collect the money. Back in those days, I learned about God. That was my first like. Um, I grew up uh, in the Catholic um, my both of my parents were Catholics Italians, so we always talked real loud with our hands and <laughs> screamed across the table and stuff like that but we had a, I had a great a great foundation okay and then um, I, I started taking lessons and I got very proficient even before I got to college but I took lessons and my relationship was, it's all about me. And my teachers would say, okay, here's the music, go home. And it was with the paper. My relationship with music was on the paper. And I would practice a lot and I got really good and it was all about me. And then, fast forward, I got into college, I did so many interesting things as a young musician. And then, Finally, I was met. uh, I was um, sharing my. uh, I was teaching at Bedford High School, and I met Graham Moorhead, who was um, his parents, uh, Betty and Stan, and they invited invited my wife and I to a Bring Your Neighbor Day, and we went. and and It was in the whole Boston Garden, and and it was amazing. And I was like, oh. We started studying, and it took me a year to get baptized. I wasn't the the overnight guy. Because I had a lot of pride. My teachers taught me it was all about you. You play music. You have to be invincible, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was, I didn't even realize how much I was in it. You know, my teacher would say, Take any gig. If any gig was offered to you, take the gig. You can do it. And I was like, when I became a Christian, I um, excuse me. When when I became a Christian, it all changed for God. Okay. So um, now I'm I'm a professor at Berkeley College of Music. Uh, then I've been there for twenty. 24 years. Um, I'm the worship leader in my church. I do uh, play music full time. I own a drum company. I manufacture African drums for professional people. The Blue Man Group's uh, made all the drums to mm-hmm. so the Lion King and um, oh. like Alicia Keys and like kind mm-hmm. of do. Michael Jackson bought a drum two weeks before he passed away, wow. which was another whole story. And but like it's it. My whole life has been a journey, okay? It's not overnight, and I'm going to talk more about that. My question to you is, what is your story? What is your story? How did you fall in love with God? How did you fall in love with your instruments? That was point number one. Point number two. Build an intimate relationship with God Build an intimate relationship with your instrument. Life is a journey, it's a process. An intimate relationship with God in your instrument doesn't happen overnight. You study for me, it took me so long to figure out all my sins and change my life and all of that and become a Christian and then. I remember. I remember this on the day I got baptized. Going, whoa! This is great. Now I don't have to worry about sin or anything like that. And I had I had a, my shoe, and I threw my shoe up by mistake. I was so happy, you know, kind of like showing off. And I hit the light above me, and it crashed and it came down on me. I'll never forget that. I was like, whoa! This is no joke. God is for real, you know, it's not like, it's a journey, so you guys, we're in it for for the long haul, it's not like two weeks or three weeks it takes a long time for you to develop your relationship with God an intimate relation, and I put the word build you can think of that word, just build, building when you build something, there's a process, you build it, like a house I used to Build houses when I was young. You build a foundation. You put this on. The walls go up. It's all a step by step. You can't skip any steps. You don't put the roof on before you put the walls up. Okay, It's like that in music and it's like that in, in the Lord. Are you with me? Yes. Amen. Um, I'm not going to turn to these scriptures, but these are some of the scriptures that re- have really helped me. Get to know God. Be holy as I am holy. I read Leviticus a long time ago and I couldn't make it past like three pages. But now that I've been I've been a Christian since nineteen eighty five, so I love Leviticus. It's amazing now that I'm older because you really get to know God's boundaries. Okay, and he says Be holy as I am holy. That blows my mind that really helps me to stay on track stay out of sin I'm a jealous God in Exodus don't be polluted by the world put the Lord first put the Lord first whatever it takes love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength in Luke 10, 27 be wholehearted be wholehearted about what you're doing love your neighbor as yourself Exercise equality. Okay, exercise equality. No matter who your neighbor is, or what color they are, or what their fence looks like, and their yard, or whatever, exercise equality. That's the way God sees us. You see, He sees us and treats us the same, equal. Okay, God is your deliverer, your strength. He will help you through every difficult situation on your journey. Now, get to know your instrument. Okay, Get to know your instrument. If we're all musicians here or we're striving to be better musicians, take private lessons. Take some private lessons. Maybe once a month. Maybe one every two weeks. Find if it's an affordability issue find a student that you can pay half the price or something like that but get serious try to be serious about it we need musicians in the church so desperately I've been a worship leader I've been in this since 85 right after with Kip's movement I started playing drums in the church for 30 years I've been schlepping drums. I have been schlepping drums all over the planet. Now, praise the Lord, we have our own building. I walk in. Boom. I sit myself down. That's it. But that only happened two years ago. Be patient. Be patient. It'll happen. But be serious about what you're doing. Take some private lessons. Set a schedule for your regular practices. Don't call yourself a musician and don't practice. Oh, I'm a guitarist. Well, what do you play? Well, I, I have one song I can play. <laughs> no, be, if you want to be a musician, be serious about it. Get practice. Now, when I teach privately, I, I tell my students, okay, you have 20 minutes to practice, then you can divide that up. If you have 30 minutes, it's like 10, 10, and 10. If you have 45 minutes of time, it's 15, 15, and 15. And what I mean by that is you do your technique. And there's three categories that you work on. This is not on the slide. You might want to write this one down and remember it. Technique, how do you sound on your instrument? Number two, what are you saying on your instrument? What are you saying? And number three, how well do you play with others? Okay. How well can you relate to others? We call those your ensemble skills. Those are the three categories you build, like a diet. You, you eat this food and that food and that food, and you become healthy. And in, in a music, those are the three. It doesn't matter if you sing or play an instrument. Set those regular practice times. Uh, find one or two friends who also do what you do. Share your strengths and weaknesses. Then it's kind of special that way. And jam with others. Jam, play, get together. Getting together nowadays, living room performances are popular. (laughs) I grew up in the nightclub era when they were smoking. It was awful. And I don't smoke. So, I mean, I've been in bands that people smoke. They even smoke while they play. Finally, when they made the laws, no smoking, I was like, Hallelujah, this is awesome. You can play music and breathe. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and you know that's oh, that was so wonderful, but get together with your friends and also be wholehearted. Okay, I'm going to plow right through this. Um, point three: keep fighting. This whole thing is a journey. We live in cycles. Our bodies function in cycles. The tides, the seasons your breath everything is a cycle okay? our sin is a cycle unfortunately okay? it comes back it creeps up we have problems in our life character sins elusive boundaries lack of discipline timing issues well anyway no I'll stop there um, no I'll keep going these are now the musical parts like you have timing issues, like you, when you speed up or slow down, when you play your instrument. Um, you have intonation problems, either singing or playing. You have weak improvisational skills, poor technique, trouble connecting with others. These are all areas that we develop over time. Okay? Some of us, are, we have really good intonation, but our rhythm isn't so good see, some people can read really well, and they have no idea how to improvise. So all these things, I grew up as a classical musician from paper, as I mentioned. I didn't mention that I went to grad school in Africa. After some years, it totally changed my life. Totally. And I would love to tell you that story sometime. In the village on the first weekend, it was Unbelievable. I had a rough time. I had degrees and I couldn't even play like two notes with the people. It was so intense, it really blew my mind. But you, 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 um, what was I just talking about? I just lost my train of thought. Yes, yes, yeah, like you're, some, some people can read and they can't improvise. And all of that. But the, all of these things are going to help you to become a holistic musician as well as a holistic Christian. Are you with me on that? It's not just one thing. Oh, I just, I just play jazz. That's all I play. Oh, I play classical. Like I said, I, I grew up as a classical. I went to Africa and started learning African music. I play jazz. No, I play music. I mean, we have the acapella song, and then we have "I Believe." <laughs> I mean, did you feel that today? Oh, yeah. Come on! I was going to say, if you didn't feel that,
1: Jim and I got to go back and practice some more.
0: Wow! All right, Philippians two. Let me read you this one: Philippians two, twelve and thirteen. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence. But how much more in my absence continue to work on your salvation with fear and trembling? For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. This fear and trembling is not the fear and trembling of oh my goodness. It's the kind of respect that we have for God. You get serious about your relationship with God. He is going to deliver you from point A to B. I'm a little older now. I've used, I live my life like this, one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. I have. God has blessed me abundantly. We were so poor when we started. Oh, my goodness. My wife finally said, Joe, we don't have any bread. You better get a job because I would do free gigs all the time. I didn't want money. I love music. I didn't need money. She's like the bills collectors are at the door. What are you doing? Boom. It it took me 5 years to figure that out. You know, like little by little, but now I have I like I have a great job. A great job in the church and out of the church. And God has blessed me in so many different ways, and He will do the same for you. And um, two weeks ago at Berkeley, we had a new program, a pilot program called Berkeley Groove School, mostly for high school kids, and is for bass players and drummers, like rhythm section folks. And, and we had uh, uh, um, Victor Wooten was there, and he said something then I wrote it down. He said, the road to success and failure are the same. Victor Wooten is a famous bass player, if you don't know who he is. Uh, he said, the road to success and failure is the same. It is the road of our habits, the things that we do each day. And you he, he talked a lot about his mother. Uh, I would have liked to meet her because he had a lot of respect for her. But he said, I make my bet every day. That's just a little teeny thing. But I do it every day and it helps me get myself going. Mm-hmm. We get up, we, do, we clean our room a little bit or you, you have your quiet time. That's important to get with God, even for a little while if you're really busy. You see, But the habits that you do each and every day makes you a successful person or gives you the failure. If you do these little things every day, these little sins these little character things, they're going to lead you down the road. It's the same road. Are you with me on that? I thought that was really cool. Now, here's my last thing. What does that say? Get it? Life is full of distractions. And, I mean... As you can see, it's kind of even hard to read that, but we need to stay focused. And especially this is like I have a little um, problem focusing, you know, just throughout my life. Um, you know, I can, I can do like 10 different things at the same time, but then, you know, I forget what, what am I doing. And I have to be very disciplined. I, I talk to myself a lot. Joe, what are you doing right now? Finish it. Okay, finish that. Then go over here and do the next thing. Jesus was an amazing example of somebody who was focused. Oh, so many. If you you read about Jesus, I just wrote this one thing in John 11. Mary and Martha, oh, Lazarus has died. And you should have been there. You could have saved them and all, blah, blah, blah. And he, he was just... He was like, don't worry, He's, I'm going to take care of it. And then, oh, we got to go back to over here. No, Jesus, they want to kill you over there. Don't worry. Like, he had his focus on, even on the cross. He was so focused. And I was thinking, I had a backache. I pulled my muscle out yesterday, and last night I couldn't sleep very much. And I was thinking, what would it be like to be on a cross with... I I was having pain in my back, and I thought, "Oh, what was, you know, what would it be like to have? Wow, just to be on a cross, I I just can't imagine it." All right. Now, um, when life gets out of control, go to God first, then tackle. one thing at a time, because God's going to help you through it. Exercise faith, and God will provide a way out. When you're playing a song, here's something that's very practical. When you're playing a song, lock onto the bass or the drums or the time. That's number one. Number two, this is also something that I found in my worship, uh, on my worship team. Know how to start a song, and now how to end it. Because when you get up there on a Sunday, it's 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 quick. Even today, getting on the stage, we having this. Now we got to start. It's my responsibility to count all the songs off, and there's a lot of songs. And I'm I'm like, how's that song go? (laughs) No, I can't do that. I know I need to sing it in my head. You know. All right. So um, I'm going to leave you this one thought, and then Wendy's going to come up and talk for a bit. Okay, um, Dr. Jeremiah is one of my heroes. I listen to him all the time. He's a preacher from the West Coast. Um, He said, your musical talent is God's gift to you. And what you do with it is your gift to God. What I learned is now I get a chance to glorify God people would come up to me Joe, you sound so good you're so amazing drummer and they would It would. I mean, it's one thing to be awesome at your job, it's another thing to be famous, and how do you deal with that, you know what I mean, not that I was famous but I was getting a lot of compliments it got to my head when I became a Christian I thought, oh my goodness, I get it now And this has happened to me. I I went to my teacher and I said, "Um, everybody keeps saying how good you are, how good you are. What should I do about it? I can't, I don't know what to say to them. And he looked at me and he said, say thank you. (laughs) I was like, now I give glory to God. I mean, I feel good playing a lot. uh, And sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. but I still and when people come up to me and give me compliments I can give it right back to them okay that's what you want to do mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening
1: okay. thank you. Yeah. so uh, I'm going to confess my sin to you today I thought that would be A good way to start. (laughs) Um, Yeah, great. Okay, so I've been a musician for 32 years professionally. I'm a pianist and a music director. I work in New York as um, a conductor, and I do Broadway work. I've been doing that for a long, long, long time. I also teach, college level, and um, I've had just a lot of time deeply, deeply in the world. And um, God has really blessed me. And I'm just, this is all my sin you're about to see on the page here. Because I'm going to tell you really honestly, God gave me a very natural gift. I started out, I taught myself how to play piano when I was quite young, just by sitting and noodling. And I did theater as a child, and I danced as a child. But it was my passion. God gave me an inborn love for music. Mm. And it was nothing that I did. It was completely a gift. I started studying piano when I got to high school. And then I made a decision to pursue it in college Maybe thinking I'd go back to being an actual stage performer, but God really I feel like God like just drew me along to the path where I should be so I became uh, a, a musician in a theater setting, so I could be in that kind of theatrical place, working with actors and singers with that love. I love actors, I love singers, I just love that creative process as a musician, okay so I will tell you. When I became a Christian, I had already done, um, I'd already had a great amount of success. I had, uh, I graduated from college and had been asked to come back and be on faculty the year after I graduated. And then uh, I got married and then I went on a national tour and uh, then I blew up my marriage. I completely destroyed my first marriage, Uh, came back, I did a bunch of regional work and then came to New York. Uh, No, I, yeah, no, I think I did a national tour and then a Broadway show okay, so I did a lot of really great things by the time I was 29 years old I was desperate, I was anorexic mm-hmm. I, was, I was I was white-knuckling my life, mm-hmm. you know I was in constant fear of judgment of what other people thought of me even though I kind of knew deep down you know how like they say like um, God has said eternity in our hearts Like God, we kind of know down in our gut who we are, who God made us um, but I was desperate because I was so consumed with what people thought of me and how I looked to other people. And was I? Did I look right? Did I sound right? Was I enough? That's what really helped me become a Christian. Yeah. So I was like right before I turned 30. And so now I've been um, a disciple for uh, how many years? 22 years, 23 years. And uh, I just want to say that uh, I have found that I have never stopped being afraid of what people think of me. And I just thought I'd bring that up in this room of great artists. Mm. Then I wonder whether anyone else has that experience. Mm -hmm. Do any of you deal with that feeling of what do you think of me? The two people in the back do. (laughs) Okay, great. So I'd like to just address that and in a way open it up to the group because I'd like to talk about fear of failure. And what does that mean? As a person who knows that you're, you know, chosen by God who knows that your gifts uh, your talents are a gift from God like I know all of that but yet I'm going to share a couple of things that have totally so here's my couple of experiences in the last six months to a year okay great so just to say that's my nature I'm used to succeeding I will be quite honest with you I have great confidence in my skill and my training and the fact that I have these skills in God so like I'm not going to say it's all sin but, you know, everyone knows the scripture. Do you see someone who's skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. And I will say that sometimes when God gives you gifts, he expects things from you, and he puts you in places that are uncomfortable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He puts you in places of high visibility. He will test you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and he has done that with me. Um, I have, in the past year or so, I have stretched myself to new boundaries. I mm. For a long time, I worked at the show called *Mamma Mia*. If you're familiar with that one, yes. so I, I was a musical director for that for many years. Wow. And then that show closed, and I started freelancing again. And I hadn't done that for a long time, and I had to start. I had not been practicing, like Papa Joe said. You know, really like honing my skill and trying to become <laughs> a more skilled musician, no matter where I was in my career. So I started uh, freelancing, and I began working at *Hamilton*, the show *Hamilton*. As a sub, I came down at the, like, the baby yeah. level. I called the man who was in charge, and I said, hey, do you need a sub pianist? And he was like, yeah, but would you come in and play for me? So I had been music director on a Broadway show, and then I had to come in and audition right. to be a rehearsal pianist. Right. Mm. And But that's what it is in, mm. in my business. And I think as a musician, there's never a thing of, I have yeah. ascended to the top, and now I can look at... My kingdom that I have made. Like there's never that <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar moment where you're like it's my glory. You here, and then you're here, and then you're here, yeah. and then you're here yeah. and there. So yeah. it's if you if you feel challenged, I just want to say yes, yes, you're challenged and you will continue to be. So um, as I as I started working at Hamilton, uh, I faced a wave, a, a rushing wave of insecurity that I had not experienced for years. Mm. A deep fear of failure. I would walk into that block of 46th Street on Broadway, and I would, my heart would start palpitating. Wow. And I would, I would feel like, oh, I'm going to have to open that stage door soon. I'm going I'm to have to walk downstairs, Terrified. Wow. Terrified. Really tested my... I'm having issues here, huh? Is that okay? Good. Yeah. So, this is actually a scripture that helped me immensely. This, this 139. If I rise on the wings of the dawn if I settle on the far side of the sea. See, I'm going to cry this reading as you. Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And I feel that for those of us, as we live on this earth, in this world, that we are on the far side of the sea. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this, this world is not your home. You know, you're not in a safe place. I will be very honest with you. Sometimes you're not in a safe environment with people who love you and who support you and wish you the best. Sometimes you're with people that are judging you yeah. and sizing you up. <laughs> and even in our fellowship, sometimes we think those things about each other. I have had those feelings where I'm like, you know, and maybe someone looked at me and was like, but for me, I think the only thing that helped me in these like really deep fears was the idea that God's hand was still guiding me. And God knew where He had set me. Yeah. And Joe and I were praying before this class, and I, we were both crying <laughs> because we both, in our prayer, we confessed like our sin, and I confessed like some insecurity I had two weeks ago at a rehearsal for this conference, and how mm. humbling it is yeah. to still deeply understand how much i really care about what you think of me, Sue. And i really am a little bit worried about whether you liked what we played today, you know? Like i just I'm wired a certain way. So God exposes myself, exposes me. But the idea that i could hold on to the idea that God was guiding me gives me the assurance to know that whether i do this or I, like really fail, that God was still present. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Okay, so here are my quick stories of victories and failures. Okay, so I've been working at Hamilton. So this guy, Alex Lackamore, he orchestrated the show at Hamilton. He's a genius. He's a genius. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I was conducting my fourth show at Hamilton. And do you know how the show at Hamilton starts? Yeah. And if you hear, it goes da that's a piano solo. It is the most iconic phrase in the entire show. And this is what I played for the man who orchestrated it. How does a... That's the fourth bar of a three-hour musical. And I'm conducting and playing Keyboard One. You're, you're, you're conducting? I'm just conducting. Yeah, you play and conduct on a lot of Broadway And this is the conversation that happened in my head. Wendy, you can fall apart right now where you can move on and have a great show. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to move on. And I had a great show. And it was such a huge victory, the idea of like, God's hand guided me to this building. He will guide me through this. Amen. We can do this. So I just want to say, yes, that happens. But i was just going to tell you, in addition to that, three very memorable moments as I sat praying mm-hmm. through this whole thing, where I had great failures, where I was, oh, I just come back from a, Vacation, And I could not recover. I could not play a show without making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And as I failed more and more, my own judgment of myself yeah. Yeah. crippled me. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I felt like I couldn't get myself back on track. And I've had that happen a couple of times recently mm-hmm. in my life. it's been so humbling mm-hmm. to realize mm-hmm. how weak I still am how much I still have to learn? Yes. And when I'm weak and I'm failing, am I still okay? Like, what does that mean? Yes. So, can I just take a moment, a little break, after seen my, like my free central moment, and just ask you guys, what do you think about that? Like, have you, when you experience failure, what do you, how do you feel about that?
0: I would love to share something about that. Um, I had the same... I grew up the same way. Not really? But then I went to Africa... And it's not like that in Africa. Like you play music, you make mistakes, fine. No problem. And you sing out of tune? No problem. But you have to be you have to be wholehearted. Mm. They have a person there, a woman or a man with a four-foot little cane. Like a thing. If you're falling asleep when you play, they give you a little whip on your feet. <laughs> But I learned Wendy from going to Africa yeah. that it doesn't matter about the mistakes, but what it does matter is you put your heart Amen. into it. And I got over it. So. so
1: Amen. But well, I, I will know. say yes. But though sometimes we professionally yes. yeah. we live in a place where it's like you're at the tip of the glass ceiling, and you're like you feel it if you're are you allowed. So I do think that's true. I will say that that. I know a lot of people that feel like they'd rather well Okay. I would rather work with a musician a who's situation. wholehearted and is listening and is engaged rather than someone who's playing perfectly and yes. and is not with me. That's right. Um, yeah. I'll say okay, all their thoughts about failure or success. Yeah.
2: Um, I'm an ear musician. Yes. So when I'm playing, sometimes when I uh, play a sound, probably. That that could derail that could set me down a So what I've had to do or some of the things that I've had to grow in, is just just remember it. You know, probably less than you know, a, a small percentage heard that, so relax, and just keep on going. And uh, it's been good, but that's the thing that can really challenge me. If I played like or, or two or three sour notes in the same song, you know, uh worship worshiping in church, that can really send me so I have to work through.
1: Can I ask you whether do you feel what is the voice that's telling you that it wasn't okay?
2: Oh, uh, I'm insecure, anyways. Uh, I, I was I, I was shy. I was so shy when I was a kid. So immediately I uh, I will feel good. And that may have something to do with parenting, anyways, and things that I grew up with or with friends around me. And I was super sensitive and hearing the negative. Thing,
1: yeah. So, right. We do.
2: Trying to continue to go like that tapering. Right. So if I have to constantly battle those words, and it's through God and through fellowship and through my confidence and a that I've been able to say, to tell. I'm at a point in my life where I can sort of be more mature about that.
1: Yeah, I wanted to ask. So I would like to share, but also how, if you've experienced something like that, what helps you in those moments? Um, yeah.
3: I know for me, um, what helps me in the moment is remembering that I am God's daughter. That mm-hmm. I am God's child. Uh-huh. And that if anybody criticizes me in a not in a that that's their problem. So uh-huh. I I'm just and I'm I do not like I'm exactly like you, I was crying through your whole beginning, all your talk <laughs> I can relate to everything you're saying yeah. inside. Yeah. Um what helps me now is just, you know what, I'm God's. I'm still I'm still I'm going to heaven. And I'm putting myself out there. And, you know, we can't all always say that for a lot of people. We're putting ourselves out there. We're, we're in the front all the time. That's really hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think we need to give ourselves credit. Like, not, you know, in a, in a I'm God's child humble way, not, you know, but just give ourselves credit. Like, we don't have to do this. Like, I don't have to give my gifts back to God, but I'm choosing to. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? And yeah. just that humility of... God has blessed us and we're going to put ourselves out there over and over again and just keep going like you said and just and I know I struggle with insecurity every second so it's just con- it's a constant you know reminding of who we are
1: yeah I, I absolutely agree Joe is it okay for someone else to share do we have time to do that yeah we, can. Okay. Yeah. we have plenty of time. yeah in the wonderful blue shirt <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll
4: stand up with you great so what uh, I have the same experience a lot of times in music when I'm playing. And some of that comes from the fact that, and it also spills over even in when I'm in work. So I, I fret a lot over decisions I make at work, uh, repairs that I decide to do, or whatever. <clears throat> and so through my years, what I've had to tell myself, or what I've had to train myself to think is, did I do anything wrong? Gonna go to hell for it? Probably not. So, and then the other thing that I always tell myself is, do I need to apologize for what I just did? And no, I don't need to apologize. All right, so let's get over this and let's continue doing. It. You know what I mean? Because I'll spend, even though in my mind I'm second guessing myself, and so I'll spend the next day or two wondering if I should tell somebody apologize this or that, and then I have to go through the process: is this something that I need? To apologize but no I don't. yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like it's okay. It's just yeah you you gotta get confident in yourself, Josh, and, and know that everybody else thinks you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. so I have to remind myself of that a lot. Amen. It's, it's you, gotten better over the last four or five years, but it's it takes it's a
0: process. It's a process.
4: Yeah.
1: yeah. So it is it's so much more than skill it's wholeheartedness. Mm-hmm. And it's the allowing yourself to be wholehearted, no matter what kind right. of the, no it's matter trusted, what.
4: It's trusted that I'm, I'm doing the best I can with all the ability that I have right now. Mm-hmm. So, do I need to be afraid?
2: Mm.
0: Amen. Amen. This gentleman's next.
4: Uh, what helps me is that the music keeps going. Mm-hmm. That's right. It, it doesn't stop because I. The miss clock my keeps own, going or, oh, too. Okay. Or, or I said the wrong lyric. The music
0: keeps going. It does. You can't stop and go. So oh, I made a mistake.
2: Right? No, you're
0: already <laughs> in the next session. So we tell
1: them the huge mistake we made this morning, or no? See, <laughs> <I don't laughs> so you guys didn't even know. Uh-uh. Well, maybe you did, but anyway. But we kind of we all had a moment where we're like, and then we're like, wow, that was wrong. That was great. Okay.
0: I mean, I was playing Porgy and Bess with the Houston Opera Company, and the xylophone line da 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 was like, and I just messed the whole thing up and it was my solo but by the time I thought about it I was like wow, we're, we're in the next section
4: <laughs> no problem go ahead um, it's, it's interesting because I, mean, I, I think I'm probably more insecure about my working environment than I am about when, when we're playing um, music at church but I, I think what helps me is that when I screw up actually I just laugh at it and keep going. I mean, for me, it's kind of a joke. Like, when the wrong note gets played, like, oops, you roll your eyes, and you, and you smile, and you look to see if anybody All right. you know, All right. doesn't bother me that much. Right. Go ahead. So um, I'm also an ear
0: musician. And I'm sorry, what? An ear musician. Uh, OK, you play orally, yeah. Yeah, I
2: compose my own music. But I'm, I'm at the level now where I can start playing with people Thing that I usually get nervous about is a couple things, whether or not I'm at the skill level to be able to play with people right. I'm also secure. And the other is that making sure I know who I'm playing for. And not because you know when I, in the couple few times that I performed not performed, but I've played with the campus ministry at my church, um, I had to think about well I'm playing for God, I'm not yep. playing for people. I'm not yep. for yeah, yeah. I'm playing playing as a water play, but uh, doing that usually helps me get through and not be insecure. Because if I'm thinking about me, then I can't play good. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Take a couple of private lessons that will do wonders for your confidence. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, The interesting thing about the church, because I'm a part singer, but I'm not a singer by nature. I'm a singer because... I, can, I used to play piano, and I, I, can, hold the, uh-huh. I can hold the notes, yeah. but the thing is, sometimes the church
3: is the most critical of the cookbook, because they all say, well, it's sounding like
2: a funeral today. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, I'm uh, Trust is, me, uh, I get
0: that every <laughs> week.
2: So you know, every week. The church doesn't hold your insecurity, okay? <laughs>
1: Yes. Yes. It's, it's, yes. It's like, should, yes. Like singing for God, so you're like, listen, I'm just trying to help you lead worship here. I know. So you're trying yeah. to help them, but sometimes they don't help. We, we
0: don't. We don't come to church so that you're entertained. Right. right. We yeah. come to church so we can worship God. I didn't like that song. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, well, I don't care. Don't like <laughs> I don't, we're here to worship God. We have. We come. Our region is so diverse. We have to do. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Can I just throw this up? I've been reading this book called Life-Changing Worship. Have any of you read that one? Okay, got it. Okay. So, but this is a scripture that came in the beginning of the book about, if he first opened up the conversation of what is worship. And his first one was that we were created. Our mission is to make disciples, but our purpose is to praise God. Is our mm-hmm. purpose? Yes. And he talks about this scripture. Each one should use whatever gift he or she has received to serve others, which is what you talked about, using knowledge benevolently, yeah. faithfully ministering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it with as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he or she should do it with the strength God provides, Amen. so that in all things God may be praised to, to Jesus Christ, to him be the glory. And I think that always, that helps me. That seems to be the, the focus of this as well, that the purpose of you using your gifts in any Location, any setting, is: Are you are you honoring God with it? You know, are you honoring God when we stop ourselves because we're so afraid? No, we're not honoring God. We have to do it with all the strength that God provides us and that wholeheartedness. So that helps me too. Go ahead. Yeah. One
3: thing um, that I think about whenever I make mistakes is: Okay, will this matter? Okay, this might matter tomorrow, but will it matter five, ten years from now? No, yeah. probably mm-hmm. not. Amen. And I think that helps me with my perspective that. Because uh, I can feel a lot of insecurities in a lot of different areas and all, whatever. And I think it reminds me that, okay, this is not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things, in yeah. the grand scope of my life of eternity, this is not
5: that big yeah. of a deal. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Uh, there's this gentleman that uh, plays for tips in uh in yeah. um, And Neil... He plays saxophone and I'm a saxophone guy from fifth grade and a guitar guy shortly after. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh always grew up singing in the church. Well, Neil, I had a, a thought, I was like, you know, I wanna I wanna evangelize to him, but I always go by Starbucks. He plays between the Best yeah. Buy and Starbucks at the at the Native Mall, right there close to TJ Friday yeah. or Framingham, as mm-hmm. you know, it's Nitty Framingham line. And uh, and I thought, I said, he asked me one day, and I sat down with him and I gave him a cookie. He likes cookies. I gave him Starbucks and, and some coffee or something. Great. Especially when it's colder. And I sat there and talked to him. We'll talk about some of the places he's played. Amen. You know. I mean, he's kind of a famous guy. Yeah. He's, he's one of those guys that played in those places in Chicago, mm-hmm. in Boston, where it's real smoky. Yeah. He's played in those jazz clubs. And I was like, how can I reach Neil? I even, like... When it's going to get cold, I reach out to the to the owners of TGI Fridays, the, the gentleman who owns and runs the place. They're framing it. and I reach. I said, "You know my friend Neil out here that's playing. You can hear him when you step out the door. He's right here across the street." And he goes, "Yeah, he's awesome." And I said, "I said I come here a lot, and so does the uh, Metro West Church. We come here a lot. But for me, will you ask if can you see about putting him in here during the winter when it's cold and uh, this and that." So. It did work out to some extent. You know, there's other things there, but it was the idea. Right. And I, I wanted to help him out. Now my next step is, he asked me if I had a saxophone. I'm like, no, my saxophone that I grew up playing was my dad's when he was in high school. And it's pretty beat up, so he had a re-pad and everything, and I was marching men and all that good stuff, jazz band. And I thought about buying a saxophone just to take lessons from him so that I can evangelize to
1: them. Yeah. Mm. That's Kind of combining everything. Amen.
0: Okay, one more, and then we'll. I'm with uh, this gentleman. Uh, so, I
1: actually went to school
4: for acting, uh, but I also sing and the piano on the side. one of the worst moments for an actor is when you forget a line.
1: Amen. Yeah. yeah. And so,
4: my first initial thoughts are oh my gosh how do I get this back on track? How do I get it to the script? And I think it's so encouraging from an actor's standpoint is when you have other people around you who are able to help you get back on that track to feed you those lines, and to give you that energy. So I think most times when we are musicians and we do make that bum note, we can also look to the people around us to give you that energy, to give you that reassurance, to kind of get, get you back the yeah. thing, you know, like yeah. to the You laugh about it afterwards yeah. and be like, oh, remember yeah. that, that line that I forgot? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, you just make me think that it's discipleship carries through. Mm -hmm. Are you a disciple when you're on stage? Because it means you're being humble, you're being open, you're receiving help, you're not, you know. It's all of that, so I appreciate that.
0: Well, um, folks, uh, brothers and sisters, I always say folks, but great to see everybody. I want to leave you with one thought, okay, that's really important, that we are all human beings, okay? And part of being human is that we make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I have my classes and I'm teaching, I'm like, raise your hand if you never made a mistake. (laughs) Everybody makes mistakes. It's not about the mistakes. But what it is about is that we celebrate. Mm -hmm. Music is a celebration for humans. It's God's way of helping us to process emotion.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so thank you so much and hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the conference.